0: Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Thanks for staying with us here on the program as we come your way Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. We are streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We're also on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. It's a special edition of Tell Me Your Story, and I hope you'll join us every day, every week, every month, if you will, because we have... Well, podcasts, and they're on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM. They're on iHeartRadio, as well as Amazon Music, and also on YouTube. That's right, you can watch these videos on YouTube, and I hope you will, and subscribe to them as well. We're available, obviously, 24-7-365. I have somewhere in the neighborhood of over 600 interviews on SoundCloud, And 130, 170 or 180 interviews on YouTube. So you've got a lot to choose from. And this one is no exception. And you're going to want to check out the entire interview. We're going to be talking about just one more. It's the wisdom of Bob Vukovic and Jeffrey Martinovich is my guest here on the program. This is his book. You'll see it up uh, between us as we do the program. And uh, Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Thank you, Richard. Great to be here. I'm going to guess that usually one of the first questions that you get asked is, who the hell is Bob Yukovich? <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't, doesn't sound like a guru from
1: India. Right. Right. He, he would certainly be not from India, uh, maybe a little farther east. Uh, he, Bob Vukovic is, uh, a lot of people ask if he's a real person. Uh, he was a nickname from many years ago in college. But uh, he's really more of an amalgamation of a lot of great mentors that I was lucky enough to be exposed to and uh, take me under their wing. And so when we wanted to teach these lessons and tell this narrative, uh, he was a great uh, a great person to put in place and uh, to provide all that wisdom that, you know, he's kind of like that grandfather we all wish we had who told oh, us yeah. how to live that good, great life and all the things that, you know, we learn by mistakes. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that's
0: who is Bob Vukovich. Well, I think it's perfectly appropriate to do that because sometimes when you write about someone, a real person, uh, the wheels can kind of come off the cart because now people are going to search this person out. They're going to uh, <laughs> right. research this person. They're going to do a, a, a deep dive into their history, their bio, et cetera, et cetera, to find out who they really are dig up some dirt and the next thing you know it's a mess and it's like but why are you doing this because we all have our I love to use the word we all have our picadellos you know right we all have and, our and bobs yeah yeah
1: bobs life uh, his his drama and his life does uh, actually pretty closely mirror Um, the last decade of my life. So it is kind of telling a story uh, through another figure.
0: Okay. So since uh, I want to leave the the book to the readers, uh, tell us about the last 10 years of your life.
1: (laughs) Well, a a quick snapshot would be uh, I was very fortunate um, to build a billion-dollar investment firm Uh, From zero, you you know how that works, uh, working 20 hours a day and with a lot of success. And then we ran into 2008 and the great financial crisis. Uh, And we weathered that pretty well, but uh, the regulators and the government did go around and uh, you didn't see this a lot on the news, but did shut down about 2000, what we call second tier firms, the little bit smaller guys like us. Um, While everybody on Wall Street kind of skated past all that, as you remember, um, we took it on the chin. And and so what they did is they accused us of some nefarious pricings of securities. And uh, I uh, had to make a decision and I actually turned down three separate government plea offers to settle this thing and decided to defend my company and my employees and myself in federal court. Little did I know at the time that 98.5% of those trials <laughs> ended in convictions, and uh, that happened to me, and so I went from running this billion-dollar company to being sentenced to 14 years in prison, and I, I went away, and I went to a higher-security violent prison, you know, not the kind you see on TV for, for guys like me, and uh, had to teach myself federal criminal law was actually very fortunate to overturn the sentence uh, twice and two federal judges were removed from the case. It's this very bizarre narrative over and over and over. But after about seven years and with COVID and everything, I was finally able to make it home uh, about halfway through there. And uh, through that process, I had written this book, Just One More.
0: Mm. Just one more. Sometimes people might even ask the question, just one more what? Right, <laughs> right. It used to be, we used to, it, you know, the
1: story is told in a, at the happy hours of a bistro in downtown Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, we used to own a bistro down there. And, and uh, it started out as a joke where we, of course, we would say, well, let's have just one more, but then we've got to go but it really turned into a metaphor through this wild story over the last decade of just one more challenge, just one more time to get off the canvas, uh, just one more time to lose everything, and do you have the guts to get back up? So through the story, we try to provide about 15 life lessons from the wisdom of these mentors, but also there's a narrative of Bob's life where he's really he's uh, he was at the top of the mountain and then he went down to you know 0.00 and will he you know have the ability to get back up and re-enter that competitive game of life
0: hmm well there's no question that every time one turns around in this life there always does seem to be just one more and just one more and so forth, and I it mean, keeps coming. My own personal experience is just that, and there are times when I'm going, oh, c- c- and I, no, could we hold off on just one more for for <laughs> exactly. just a little while? For just, just a little while. Let's just cruise for just a little please, bit, please, please. Uh, right. Or the or you hear this too? Stop the world! I want to get off. You know, right, right. And unfortunately, it just doesn't happen that way. Exactly. And exactly. I, I. I mean, my own personal life uh, is is one of those situations where it's like, oh, my God, when is this going to end? Yeah. You know, I mean, and and there's a part of me is going, I wish this would end. I know another thing is going to I know another thing is going to start, but uh, at least maybe it'll be different than what I'm in right now, you know, and it could be worse. Right. It could be better. Could Who be, knows?
1: It could be worse. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I. You know, the way I looked at it is again. It this was a long journey. It was about a ten year process. Yeah. And you know, every day, the way I kind of a, attacked it was, I decided, hey, I can be in despair and depression mm-hmm. and give up. And and as you know, in those situations, uh, many many people do. Uh, but I kind of made a commitment to say, hey. Here's what I'm going to do. Every single day, I'm going to get stronger physically, intellectually, and emotionally, spiritually. And if I can just get this much stronger, I know tomorrow is going to be a little bit better. And so I just kind of kept going day after day. You know, I had, I tried to fight this with over 500 motions and actions and 99% of those were all denied. And so you take a big blow and then get up tomorrow and try it again. But I think all that's connected. And if we can like, just keep getting out of bed and keep giving it all we have and all exhausted at the end of the day, the odds are tomorrow is going to be a little bit better.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, um, I, I just, you know, it's like uh, when, when stuff keeps happening, you know, I, I, there's a part of me that does kind of want to just get off. Uh, even though that's not solving the problem, you know, I've been, so to speak, I guess the word is I've been the fixer most of my life. Okay. And there's a part of me now at the age of 61 that says, I don't want to be the fixer right now. Maybe later, but I'm exhausted right. from being the fixer of this situation and that situation and then the other situation. And I'm not sure exactly how to resolve those things. Well, maybe we'll get some answers from Bob Vukovic. I'm Richard Dugan. He is Jeffrey Martinovich. And we are Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're bringing you uh, choices and knowledge the knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true here on Tell Me Your Story. And uh, if you'd like to uh, support us in a financial way, we would greatly appreciate that. It would be very helpful to keep things moving forward. And uh, we have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours. And if you would like to, uh, to do that, when you go to send, you just put my email address in to send it to, and it's richard at richarddugan.com. That's richard at richarddugan.com. We also ask that you participate in the decade of perfect vision where you spend some time going within. Now, there's where I'd like to check out and go in uh, and not come out for a while, uh, <laughs> and almost literally, <laughs> to listen to that still small voice, to be in that calm, peaceful, quiet place. Um, and, um, we hope that you'll do that. Jeffrey, when you decided to put this narrative together, um, I guess we might take a look at, uh, what about uh, other books that you have written? What, what else? Because uh, uh, it seems as though you've got a, you've got a knack for this in terms of putting together a narrative that's teaching people something without... Uh, um, say, exposing a real-life person, even though you did say that uh, Bob uh, sort of resembles the last 10 years of your life. Um, what, what else have you put together? What else have you well, uh, provided for folks? We actually have two other books in uh, in publication. Uh,
1: one is uh, a story, my story, um, kind of from front to finish. And then the second one is a business book uh, titled Icarus, and it's the subtitle is From Zero to a Billion to Zero. And uh, the, it's about 40 chapters, but 25 of the chapters are on the way up to get a billion dollars. And then 15 of the chapters are Don't Make All the Crazy Mistakes that I've Made. And so my goal through these books is to try to teach as many things as I've learned and have been taught to me, and to not make the mistakes that I've made, to hopefully take the good, not the bad. Uh, but we've also always always learned that we as humans learn best by storytelling. And, that, and so people have said about just one more, hey, I love the book and I love the story. And then by the time I got to the end, I realized I'd learned all these things I didn't even really realize. So if you're not careful, you just might learn something. Uh, so that's been the goal, and and I want to and I have a great time speaking and consulting and helping other business leaders and other people who need to get off the canvas um, by hopefully learning from the trials that we've been through, but also you know still having the uh, the good attitude and the strong courage to keep getting up and try it again.
0: Oh, I know that there are a lot of companies, a lot of businesses, as well as individuals who are are trying to, and I use the word advisedly, succeed, because everybody has a different definition of that word. Um, I kind of like the story that I heard about a, a couple of guys. They would go out for breakfast, lunch, and dinner over the course of a few weeks, and one of the guys whose name we'll just say is Bob Um, You know, he would always have exactly the amount in his pocket to pay the bill each time. And finally, one evening, um, Greg says, you know, first of all, I, I, you know, as I've always said at the end of every meal, thank you so much for picking up the tab. You always want to. Uh, But how is it that you always have exactly the right amount? I don't understand that. So Bob says, well, the story is that I found this lamp. And I rubbed the lamp, and this genie came out and says, you may have one wish. Oh, okay. And you cannot wish for more wishes. It's a Russian genie, okay? And <laughs> right. uh, uh, keeping it with the motif for today's program. Sure, and, sure. Uh, <laughs> and um, he said, can I get back to you on the wishes? He said, sure. So he goes off, and he thinks, I, th- I went off, and I thought about it. Uh, and uh, goes ba- I go back to the genius I th- I've thought of my wish he says I would like to have exactly what I need when I need it throughout my day to be able to buy the things that I I need and uh, he says your wish is my command and that's how I have exactly what I need every day throughout my life and in a matter of speaking he's he's got a bank account that is bottomless Exactly. But he doesn't have a bank account that shows it. You know, it's not full to the brim kind of thing. It's it's not millions and billions and trillions. Right. Um, and I've thought, boy, that would really be nice not to have to worry about, oh, I don't know, maybe making the truck payment or putting gas in the truck or taking the wife out for dinner or... Buying some new jeans or shoes or whatever it happens to be that, that I want to get without going nuts. There's, a, there's a, an Old Testament law. Uh, I don't, I'm i not sure if it's a law, but there was this Jewish rule. And I remember a rabbi on the program shared this with me that okay. every seven years, your debts are absolved. Now, that doesn't mean during the seven years you go nuts. So that's the same situation with this with this uh, wish. Yes. Remember, he used the word needs, not wants. Right. Right. So um, it's like if only we could all have that perspective, and yet we get caught up in the programming our, of our minds to think that we need to have hundreds and thousands and millions of dollars. Right how do we, what is your perspective and approach to success, prosperity, abundance, not necessarily wealth. Although if you want to put that in there, that's certainly all right.
1: Sure. And, and certainly when you go through things where you lose everything, you certainly have time to reflect, you know, do you really miss those things? Um, And, and, you know, Certainly having nice things is great. Uh, What has happened for me by by coming back, um, so many of my friends supported me through this whole thing and have given me a lot of great opportunities once I got back. And I have, but I mean, to make it like totally a miracle is, is I have my amazing wife, my son, my adult son is now working with me every day. And at my advanced age, even by a miracle, we have just had a new little baby girl, Carly. Uh, and so, so many incredible things have happened that just like you say, what I'm trying to focus on is getting out of bed early every day, giving it a great effort, being content and sat, but not yet satisfied uh, and just trying to rebuild the world. And, and I'm a huge believer of God helps those who help themselves. And, and that's how I feel I got out of prison, that's how I feel that we eventually reversed it because it never happens in the ways you think it's going to happen. But if you keep making forward progress, if you keep doing the right thing, eventually the grand design, I believe, is going to let you out the other side of that tunnel. And so now it is a time to still work hard, still try to do great things, just every day keep trying to lead a
0: better and better life. Yeah, I've even heard the phrase, uh, well, if you just do what you love, the money will come. That's right. You'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. I mean, my (laughs) father, he told me very early on, he says, find a job you love doing because you're going to be doing it for a long time. Don't get stuck like me. Now, bear in mind, he didn't stay stuck long. He went back to junior college, got his computer programming degree and, and went on from there. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and now he's 90 now, uh, living with my mother, wow. uh, in Phoenix. Uh, she's 87, married 65 years, uh, wow. doing, doing great. Uh, they, they're, they're doing okay. Going through, uh, this whole COVID era, if you will. Ooh, That's what I call yeah. it. The COVID yeah. era. Certainly. And, uh, I'm 61 and I mean, more, more times than not, I break even. You know what? I came into this world with nothing. I'm gonna leave with nothing. <laughs> I know. In spite of what That's Steve Not Mart- a bad deal. Yeah, it's in spite of what Steve Martin said back in the uh, in the 70s on one of his record albums, which I still have by the way. You know, they say you can't take it with you. Well, I'm taking it with me. No you're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking with uh, Jeffrey Martinovich, and uh, we're talking about his book, Just One More. It's The Wisdom of uh, Bob. Uh, Volkovich, and uh, you're listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you for staying with us here on the program as we continue to talk about wisdom. You know, I refer, uh, Jeffrey, many, many times to um, uh, a lot of the sacred texts that we all know and some of us know and love. I refer to them as the ancient wisdom teachings. Where did you gather the wisdom for Bob? Uh, what were some of the sources? I,
1: I have le have lived an amazing life where so many people have been generous with their time. First of all, my father, uh, led a, a, great Horatio Alger story growing up with nothing and without a father himself. And, you know, it really built a good life and, and taught me responsibility, um, And that was kind of the role of the provider. And so I was really fortunate when so many uh, children, you know, aren't able to have that stability. And uh, through sports, I also attended the United States Air Force Academy and through the military. And I was in the first Gulf War that there were so many great leaders, really, really smart people that would uh, spend time with me. And so that's been my goal. And so as I've built six or seven different businesses over my time, you know, my goal is to spend time with the younger people, with the people starting their businesses and being able to just pass some of that forward. And so that's kind of the purpose of Bob. We had written a business book. There was about 15 chapters left over that weren't really business lessons. They were more life lessons on how to lead a better life of life class and grace and uh lead the best life you can and so throughout the narrative bob at these happy hours on thursday evenings teaches young cole johnson another subject and kind of gradually nudges him along uh in a positive
0: direction well we all could use a little nudging from time to time there is no question that's right yeah yeah and (laughs) and uh some days we could use a, a push right off the cliff saying get going." <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. And when it, when it does come to cliffs, I, I will tell you, and I have, I have personal experience of this, uh, when you come to the edge, uh, there are two things that I've learned from those ancient wisdom teachings that you do. The first is you jump and the second is you trust. Talk to us about that aspect of trusting. Whether we want to talk about jumping off a cliff metaphorically, right. ladies and gentlemen, right. metaphorically, uh,
1: metaphorically, or not.
0: What about that aspect of trusting? And I'll put it this way: trusting the universe, trusting Absolutely. God, trusting the higher power, whatever your name for it. Yes,
1: I'm. That's you know I, that's what I believe, and through this whole experience so many times I was at the edge. I wasn't gonna be able to provide. We weren't gonna make it. Um, the worst of the worst was happening. And for some, just the littlest thing happened, and I actually talk about this in a few chapters in the book, somebody intervenes or, or we even help someone else and then in turn it helps, helps us. In all these very strange coincidences and very amazing events happened to me to pull me back from the edge. And I can't explain it. And, um, but it made me a believer. If I wasn't a believer before, I certainly was after. And I think we have, when you go through things like this and you are saved over and over again, you have to believe in some grand design that, hey, okay, God, you won't let me finally. <laughs> Fail. All right. You're going to keep me going. Even some many days when, boy, we sure wish we could have maybe failed. And so that happened to me over and over. And we talk about it in the book. Uh, I, I believe that 100% that in my simple belief is that's why we're down here to begin with, mm-hmm. to to build our soul, to overcome fear, and to go through as many challenges as we can, so that eventually we can move on to the next adventure.
0: Yeah, the next adventure. Not just another one, okay? (laughs) Right, right. Now, I got one for you here. Um, Okay. I was challenged not long ago. Someone was saying to me, well, yeah, what about your mistakes? I don't know exactly. Well, I kind of know where it came from. Uh, (laughs) Came from my inner voice, my still small voice that I in my entire life i have never made a mistake i have had learning experiences right now i right. I've, I've prefaced all of this when i say this because i've said this several times on the program recently i know that's going to upset a lot of people because they're gonna say oh really you mean you have never sinned well, according to the Old Testament, it says that the sins of the father are passed on to the sins of the son to seven generations. I put original sin in the same category. Okay, so whoever, uh, whoever uh, Adam's sons were, I know there was Cain and Abel. That's two. I don't know where the other <laughs> three or four or five came from, but the reality is that I'm responsible for my life. What about uh, the 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 the? philosophical change, shift, diversion <laughs> from making mistakes to having, because this is kind of what you were just talking about, having learning experiences to where, right. you know, it talks about how you're supposed to forgive seven times 70. Okay. And that's great. And, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, if you can remember to to do that for yourself, as well as for the other person you're forgiving, but what if they were learning experiences? Guess what? There's no forgiveness needed. You're in the problem. Isn't that what we go to school right. for—to learn? And they right. say that Earth is a schoolhouse. So talk to yep, us sure. about this. Well,
1: certainly, uh, I now that I consult for companies and speak to different groups to help them. Uh, the reason we have wisdom after the end of these journeys is simply because we have the scars and we've made the mistakes. I've, I've always told people in my companies, hey, don't worry about making a mistake because no one's made more than I have. And what we try to do, is try to encourage people to take risk and to not, not let the day be consumed with fear. And hey, when you take risks, you're gonna make mistakes. We never punish for mistakes. We only punish for lack of effort. <laughs> So we just want people to feel like it's okay to make mistakes as all the books today tell you to fail often, fail early. Uh, I totally agree that the, the only way you get wisdom is by making a lot of mistakes and having some nice lucky success along the way. But if you're not the person in the arena, my favorite at the very beginning of the book is my favorite quote or speech by Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena. I read that, and uh, thank you. And uh, you know, you got to be in the arena because all the timid souls are in the stands, and the and the critics are gonna love you or hate you. You can't you can't attach to the praise or the hatred. It's always going to be there. You have to be detached from that, and you have to go out into the arena, and you have to be bloodied and battled and bruised and broken. And but at least you were there. And I think that's the goal. Uh, I think it's Hunter Thompson has that great poem about at the very end, sliding into your grave, bruised and battered and broken. And, you know, that's the goal. So that's what that's what I'm trying to do. And and what I'm trying to do is is not let the fear and the embarrassment of my last 10 years control me with fear. So I have to hold my head up high. I have to say, hey, I believe we did the right thing. Um, I want to help all the people that, you know, unfortunately were hurt with me. Uh, And I want to fix it. I don't want to run away. I don't want to cry about it. You know, we can only cry so many days. I think our goal is we have to fix the problems and we have to move forward. And and so I, I think that's where it all comes from. We all make mistakes. And I've made more than most. And so hopefully we
0: are able to turn disadvantages now
1: into advantages.
0: I know that that's that's one of the the ways that we can stay optimistic, too, because we're looking for uh, the silver lining. Right. You know, Um, I remember when uh, the World Health Organization declared a pandemic. Or a global pandemic. And it didn't scare me. It didn't really bother me. And actually, I felt very optimistic about it because uh, I thought... Because, see, I have a different perspective on my, my life expectancy, which I have no clue as to what it is. But if it's my time, it's my time. What am I going to do? I can't fight that. Um, I was optimistic, though, because I saw the possibility of opportunities out there I didn't know what they were but I saw the possibility I thought "Boy, we're gonna and we're doing something different this time and of course Einstein's statement about insanity guess what we were doing something different this time which meant that the end result or where we came out in the end it was going to be different and I thought we We may or may not like what it is, but it's going to be different. okay right. um,
1: And don't forget Einstein said there's only two ways to view the universe. Nothing is a miracle or everything is. Yeah,
0: I was yeah, even it's taught all your view. Yeah, I was even taught in uh, in, in uh, when I was working for Christian radio back in the 80s, early 90s uh, because most of the people they were out there looking for the devil. You know, uh, the devil's doing this and the devil's doing that and on and on and on. (laughs) And someone said to me, says, yeah, well, you know, they're finding the devil because that's what they're looking for. That's what they're looking for. You know, if you're looking for God, then you'll find God. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that's hard to to share with people because they're so stuck in their their emotions. And I I mean, again, I'm not passing judgment. It's just where they are. Right. You know, and you want to help them. I remember when I when my <laughs> uh, when my divorce papers were served to me at my place of employment on May first of nineteen ninety eight. Not that we remember the date. Oh no 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 no! I couldn't <laughs> never remember that. I remember one of the statements that I made was. Well, this gives a whole new meaning to the phrase "Mayday." So at least I <laughs> was able right. to sort of make a joke. But right. the point I was getting to was I was in my emotions for the entire month of May. When I hit June, it was like a light bulb went on in my brain going, hold on a second. It's time for the intellect. Guess what? This was a 50-50 proposition. You are not, you are not the only one who is responsible. So is she. It, it right. took the two of you to get here, okay? Right. <laughs> and you want to get right. to the other side, it's going to take the two of you. Uh, and in my case, it took me an additional $3,600, but that's a whole other <laughs> story for another time. But uh, I was stuck in my emotions for a month. I was mm-hmm. a basket case. Yeah. And uh, I finally made the shift, and um, I started becoming, as it were, the fixer. Um and that was that was a very strange time and and i find myself nowadays with the challenges that i'm facing really having to push myself out of my emotions at least for the time being to try to process and figure out okay what do i need to do next right. and what do i want to do next
1: we have a we have a chapter in the book on brain compartmentalization. Mm. And and you're right, when you're going through these traumatic times, you know, they're crippling, and they're paralyzing. And so there's this rare amount of people who can shift all that to one side of the brain, and still function, you know, and you also know other people who, you know, they have one problem going on and oh my God, it's all consuming to not only them, but everyone around them and the drama queens. So one of the key and the good part is brain compartmentalization is a learned behavior. Mm. And so you get better and better at it to keep being positive and keep functioning. And then, you know, when, when the time is right to address all those dramatic issues.
0: And, you know, when you think about it, um, I love the uh, what my very first, I will say, my very first radio boss taught me. Um, I was sort of um, panicking a little bit about what I was doing because I was still learning. I was very early in my career. She says, here's the deal. I'll make with you. You solve this problem, this situation, this condition, whatever it is that's in front of you. Okay. And you know how to do it. Okay, and when you're done, you can go over in the corner and you can have your little pity party, and it's okay. I'm giving (laughs) you permission to do that. And so I solved the problem, and then I realized I didn't need the pity party.
1: Right. So that
0: was, I think, a good lesson. Early beginnings of that training of the compartmentalizing of the brain, Mm -hmm. saying, "Okay, um, this is what I need to do." And I can, I can collapse in a puddle over there later, right. or I can spend some time crying and grieving later. But right yep. now, I need to do this and this and this and this. Right. And, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a very interesting world that we live in. And fortunately, we live in it together. Yes, we do. Between Bob and Jeffrey and myself. And this is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan. He is Jeffrey Martinovich. And we are talking about just one more. The wisdom of Bob Volkovich. And uh, it's a book that's available at your website. What is your website? How can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing?
1: There's a whole bunch of different websites, but the easiest way is uh, www.jeffmartinovich.com. Jeff and everything Mar- kind of funnels from there.
0: All right, jeffmartinovich.com. We will be linked to Thank that you. website so that people Thank can you. find out more about you. We do that with all of our guests so that while people that. are listening to or even watching the interviews, uh, they can uh, they can actually do a little research in that regard uh, Great. as far as uh, finding out more about you. Do you offer uh, opportunities for people to sort of consult with you, work with you, uh, glean from you, uh, in uh, one-on-one. Uh, obviously, Zoom is the the, the big uh, the big preferred uh, way of right. doing it, but virtual. It's amazing.
1: Yes, yes, we do. Um, we actually have uh, a coaching practice, which is uh, under an arm we call Ashbiz Advisory, and we have a consulting practice uh, called Jam Accelerator. And then we also have the speaking and the writing and uh, the benefits side, and so through those three entities, what I love to do is I is I love to help business owners um, get over all these challenges and not make the mistakes that I've made. Uh, and then I also love to help people, you know, who you know these kind of things either have happened to them or might happen to them tomorrow. So I, I love to tell my story. Uh, I love to help inspire others, give them hope, uh, when they've gone through certain things like this. So we do a coaching model and a consulting model, uh, and just really enjoy, you know, helping business leaders or helping community
0: leaders, uh, spread more inspiration. Hmm. You know, I have to tell you that, uh, let me rephrase that, because I don't have to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like for you to. But that's, you know, it's fascinating, the phrases that we come up with, that we put out there before we say, we before we maybe speak our truth, right. this kind of thing. Uh, I know there's one phrase that a lot of people, you know, no, I don't know. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> you know, uh, right. right there, you know, and uh, and things of that nature or. Uh, I want to talk to you, and the reason I bring those up is because I want to talk to you and ask you about your observations, your perspective on uh, the concept that I have talked about and asked my guests about many times, and that is uh, how words have power. Yes. And I know that there's a lot talked about, especially these days, about intent, Uh, And I'll give you one quick example, politically speaking, but not specific example. You've got a candidate running for an office, doesn't matter what the office is, dog catcher for all I care. Right. They start to say things about the other candidate or candidates, and they start putting them down and knocking them down verbally and just demeaning and even maybe... uh, uh, I don't know if the right word is libelous or slanderous. I, I can never mm-hmm. get those two correct. Always confuse those two. <laughs> uh, I thought, okay, a libel, a language, speaking. Uh, but but, but sli- slander, speaking, I don't know. Anyway. That's right. And someone would say, oh, come <laughs> on, Richard, stop being so naive. It's just politics. And I'd say, no, right. it's not they are trying to get into a position of power and control to carry out their or their group's agenda, whatever it is, it doesn't matter which side of the aisle they're on or outside the aisles, that's what they're trying to do, which means that their intent has to be considered in what they're saying. Correct. So their words do have meaning, they have power. They, they, these words they've chosen, they've chosen for a reason. Right. And we do I think that, that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, well, I think uh, one of the big things that we
1: teach to our organizations is self-interest. And I think that's really, you know, aligns exactly with what you're saying. You know, Adam Smith wrote hundreds of years ago, The Wealth of Nations. And the concept is that people work in their own self-interest, whether that's even for charitable or philanthropic or capitalistic, whatever it would be. And so at the end of the day, that's why communism doesn't work because it's maybe a great idea at the beginning. And then it only works in a world of, you know, uh, Irish setters, maybe everybody gets along. (laughs) Uh, um, Maybe more like golden retrievers. They're even nicer. Ah. But, but what happens is, so to, if you want to have a, uber successful organization, you have to allow people to work in their own self-interest. And then if you can align them together, and then that self-interest is for the greater good, then all the better. You can do all these amazing things. But what we do is we're lazy, and we set up pay plans, or we set up corporations, or we set up organizations, even charities where the whole structure of the organization is not designed to empower the individual. And so once you figure that out, uh, I used to be president of Big Brothers Big Sisters uh, in our region, it's just an amazing charity. And you know we finally had to bring a little capitalism into it, which, which everybody kind of winces when you say the word capitalism these days. But yeah. we empowered everybody and you know, in a period of six months, we tripled the budget. We got all the children off the waiting list. We allowed everybody to win, win, win. And, and so I think when you talk about the intent of words and the self-interest of people, that's just human nature. So the key for us as leaders is to set up an organization, set up teams, where everybody can work in their own self-interest, but it all gets to the greater good, the goal that we're trying to achieve.
0: Yeah. Jeffrey Martinovich is my guest. His book, Just One More, featuring the wisdom of Bob Volkovich, and we are continuing our conversation with him here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we are so glad that you are with us here. Uh, I hope that you will continue to listen to, watch, and even subscribe to these podcast projects broadcasts as well as video casts, and um, uh, glean from our our guests go to their website and in this case uh, that website is jeffreymartinovich.com uh, and will be linked to that website as well that's interesting you have a martini glass <laughs> tipping over on the cover of the uh, of the book uh, yes. give us give us the symbolism there well, certainly the story, the
1: narrative is held at a at a fine restaurant bistro in downtown, um, but it's also kind of a life, a good life and a uh, life of grace that basically spilled out of the glass. There's no doubt about it. Um, Bob and and maybe myself as the uh, uh when, you, when you're kind of at the top of the mountain and then the next day you're on the front page of the newspaper and then you're on the front page of the newspaper again and again and again, uh, the, the good gray goose spills out of the martini glass pretty quickly uh, and everything comes crashing down. And, and really overnight you can come from, you can go from, you know, being a stalwart of the community to being the pariah. Of the community, and uh, I, I had, uh, I funded a baseball stadium for the local school, and two days later, they were taking down my signs uh, from the, you know, and it just one after another after another, and so the symbolism of the martini glass we thought was pretty appropriate uh, to the narrative of the story.
0: It's very interesting. I want to talk to you now. About another of my <laughs> harebrained ideas, theories, if you will, especially in light of what you mentioned earlier about one of the, a couple of the isms that we uh, in this world live by or live under, if you will. Depends upon your perspective, I guess. Sure. From a spiritual perspective, There is a metaphor that I like to use. I don't think Gene Roddenberry intended for it to be used this way necessarily, but it sure comes right out into my mind. There's a character in the Star Trek Next Generation series that loosely resembles the spiritual being having a human experience, listening to that still small voice, Living out one's life purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say, so, Jeffrey, can you, can you guess who that might be or would you like a lifeline? Um, <laughs> it's the Borg. Now, okay. think about it. Each one of them is carrying out a different task. But they're giving, getting their information from, shall we say, a centralized location. We don't know what that centralized location is. But they're still doing their individual jobs. And when one of them breaks down, of course, they can be repaired, but they can also be replaced. And someone else will come in and carry that particular function out. Right. And that is, in a manner of speaking, how we are. And if you think about it, and then then I'm going to throw this little twist in there. My rudimentary understandings of, of, of the Christian faith or just of, of, uh, like uh, serving, doing God's will. Okay. Now from, from my reading of the new Testament, let alone the old Testament, it's God's way or the highway. And it still starts with an H. Yeah. Hell sure. Fine. But it's, it's either, or, All right. You're not really given a choice in spite of the fact that people say, oh, yes, you are. You're given the opportunity to to be with the father. And if you all you have to do, oh, you mean there's something I have to do. Wait a minute. That that sounds to me. You talked about capitalism and people cringing. What do you think about the word extortion? I mean, for you know, and forgive me, I don't mean to be disrespectful uh, uh, of your faith or anyone else's. But that's the observation of a lot of people. They're saying, well, wait a minute, I I shouldn't have to do anything. I thought it was a free gift. Oh, but you have to receive it. Well, that's true with any gift. But all I have to do is receive it. Okay? That's not a condition of existence in the hereafter. So anyway... um, but there's an interest, it's an interesting dichotomy if it's God's way or the highway. And I want to do God's will. And now I'm listening to that still small voice. I have basically said, I willingly give up my free will for God's. Right? So now it's no longer my will. I am submitting if you will surrendering which we hear that all the time especially like in AA. it seems almost contradictory but i know that it's not i know it's not talk to us about that in the context of of uh, what we're talking about here on this program
1: well i think that uh... i i am a big believer um, in we are all part of the same consciousness and and we were born <laughs> more perfect. And uh, so we just have to get back to who we really are. And, you know, and I've never uh, professed to understand what's going on in this crazy universe. And and we even talk about it in the book that I believe the smartest people I know are the people that lots of times say, I don't know, because those people understand that we understand very little of what's going on. And so we just have to, like, find our own true north, find what we believe is right, uh, not try to impose that on other people, I believe, uh, and then uh, do the best we can, you know, live the best life that, that I think we can.
0: Yeah. We're talking with uh, Jeffrey Martinovich and um, uh, having an interesting discussion, as always, here on the program. His book that you can pick a copy up, through, I'm sure, Amazon and all of the other online locations. Who knows? If you still have a bookstore in your location, they might have it. They could probably order it as well if you wanted to do that. Just one more, the wisdom of Bob Volkovich. Is this yet available in audible form? Uh, It is not in audiobook form, um,
1: but uh, that is certainly in the plan. And Richard, somebody like you with a great audiobook voice... Um, is who should uh, try to make that come alive.
0: Well, I I, I wouldn't mind doing that as long as you don't (laughs) mind if I sound a little like Sean Connery. I do like Sean Connery. (laughs) He's got a great voice. He really does. He does.
1: And Richard, I apologize. I have to go into a meeting. Uh, well, wait. I'll
0: tell you what, here's what we'll do very quickly. Okay. If I may ask you three very quick questions as we wrap oh, up this great. program. And yeah, uh, again, so I thank you so much for joining us. This has been great. I really appreciate it. All right. And the first, and you keep your que- your answers as brief as you'd like. The first of those okay. three questions is who is Jeffrey uh, Martinovich? Uh,
1: boy, who is Jeffrey Martinovich? He's, he's a middle-class guy. That uh, made good and was very fortunate and uh, uh, took a big fall and is uh, on his way back, but has been really blessed all along the way with incredible family and friends and a lot of great fortune. So uh, mm. he's, he's, but he's uh, excited
0: about the rest of the ride. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? Well, I really
1: want to help other people achieve what they want to achieve through business, through um, growth. And and that's what kind of gets me fired up and out of bed every day. So I like through the coaching and the consulting. And I really love dealing with small business owners because, boy, they are in the battlefield every day out there trying to employ people, trying to do the right thing for our communities. And and that's actually where I have the most fun.
0: And finally, what is your life's purpose?
1: You know, uh, boy, Victor Frankl said uh, his life's purpose was to help other people try to find out their life's purpose. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I think I've been really blessed to um be given a nice station in life Mm. and, and be given nice, um, nice uh, character uh, skills that I think God doesn't want me to waste those. And so um, what I think, you know, I need to do is to be the greatest person I can be to not live in fear and not live small as, they, as the great poem says, you know, shine my light so it gives permission for other people to shine theirs. And I have found, especially through my prison experience, where I helped about 300 people with um, their cases, and we made a little bit of success. But by helping them is how I learned the law and was able to reverse my case. Mm. And if I wouldn't have done that, um, it never would have happened for me. So I got to keep keep that mentality, uh,
0: and it comes back to us 10 times over. Well, Jeffrey, I want to thank you again for joining us here on the program, and I want to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to law.